Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, it's my podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Come Again Bro podcast. <laughs> this is maybe episode 5 or it's episode 55, whatever one hey. you want. Anyway, I'm joined with a very special guest today. He goes by the name of Kurt, Crazy Kurt. Say hello. Hi. That's me. Hi. Hi. It's me. Oh, it's you, it's you. The one and only. Uh, nah, nah. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been wanting to get on forever, so thanks for having me on. Oh, it's fine. It's actually episode four. <laughs> I got oh, that a I bit got mixed it. up. I, I thought I was number five. <laughs> nah, man. I got, I got that a bit mixed up. Sorry, guys. Now, talking about episodes, I have missed a week, and I'm very sorry for that. Yeah, you should be sorry. Yep. And, um... <laughs> uh, uh, I'm really sorry about that, but, like, you know, I was just a bit tired. Had to work uh, the whole weekend. It was crazy. Yeah. But we're right back to it. Gonna have some fun. Gonna have some fun. So the last guest I had on was Huda, and we talked about relationships. How spicy yeah. is that? Spicy. But today we got someone who's... Come from a different country a little bit. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, were you born in Australia? No. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was born here. Um, and then I guess when I was like nine, around 2012, um, my family was just like, you know what? Let's go to a holiday to Southeast Asia. <laughs> so, um yeah, we packed all our stuff. Uh, we sold everything we had at like the um, like the markets, and then um, we saved up enough money and moved to Asia, I guess. Wow. So you moved to Cambodia, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, Cambodia. Um, it's like it's like jam packed in the corner of like Vietnam, Thailand, and Laos. Wow. Uh, it's a third world country, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, lots of poverty and um, yeah, real low country. Not much there. But um, one of the seven wonders is there with Uncle Bot, and yeah, once you're there, it's yeah, you really take it for granted while you're there. Cause like I, w- I was living next to the massive temples and just all all of that there, and I didn't think much of it while I was there. But now that I'm here, you obviously don't have that. No. Yeah. We just got Maccas. Maccas 7-Eleven. <laughs> Basically the we, same thing. We don't have that over there, so... Yeah. Um. So you worked when you were a bit younger than people over here. You were a uh, bartender, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's 10 years old. Like, Is that young? Well, I think for Australia, it's like 14 or 15 you can start. True, true. I guess 10 was young. Were you a bartender when you were 10 or a bit later? Uh, no, I started bartending when I was around 12, but I was waitering when I was 10 and working in restaurants and, um, you know, dealing with money and hospitality and stuff. And then um, a bit later on in the track, some family friends were like, oh, you want to come work at my family business? And I got like a little upgrade in salary. I was making 75 cents um, working as a waiter when I was 10 for a day. And then I went up to $5 a day working as um, 
just someone who washed dishes and poured beers and eventually started making cocktails. Wow. So is that a day's like, what, eight hours maybe? Yeah, eight or nine hours. Five dollars is like almost half of what I get an hour, but over there that's probably worth an okay amount. Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. I was getting... Uh, it, it wasn't pretty good. I mean, people would work... Um, eight-hour shifts at bars for $10, and that's the normal rate. So being 12 years old, getting $5 a night, was that was that was still pretty cool. And you made a lot of friends along the way. Oh, yeah, I had my first year, a few friends. <laughs> Do you still talk to them at all? Uh, yeah, we still talk, yeah. Yeah, lots of expats. So you have kids that are like half French, half Australian, or... Um, a lot of people that move over to the country at the same time so we all kind of grew up there it's pretty cool cool uh did you have a phone when you're over there yeah i had all that stuff but yeah i was working at the time so um i had heaps of money um yeah i brought my own motorcycle i brought a cruiser that was like 250 cc it was like a little harley with all the uh, flames and stuff on it. It's pretty cool. Um, I brought all my own stuff, so... Yeah, that was nice. Uh, did your, your parents probably worked as well? Yeah, mum and dad worked. Um, I mean, when we first got there, um, we didn't have anything, and mum and dad were doing, like, late nights in the bar. They were working for $10 a night, and I had to babysit my siblings. Um while they were out working and then they come home and then eventually um dad got offered to buy the place and he brought the bar and he was paying that off and mum wanted to be a teacher so she was she hadn't she had no idea how to do it but she had five kids so she went in there um worked for like four or five years and then finally got accepted into like a uh, academic school and they paid for her um diploma or certificate to be a teacher um, I saw on some of your uh, stories that you can do, or you're trying to do some pretty cool techniques. <laughs> techniques? Uh, yeah, right, some flares. On, um, what, like bartending? Yeah. Yeah, I can do a few. So, would you do stuff like that, and would you get any tips or anything? For bartending? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, um... It was really funny, man. It's really funny bartending. Um, yeah, especially being especially being that young, you'd have people all the time come in and they just come into the bar. They look at me, look away, and then they'd have to come up and ask me. They'd be like, "How old are you?" And I'd be like, "I'd play this game with them. I'd be like, have a guess." And they'd be like, "Ooh, 14, 16. Is that legal?" And I'm like. Nah, I'm like 12, and they just couldn't <laughs> believe it every time. But that's how you make mad tips when, um, yeah, especially when I was younger, all these people were like, no way, there's a 12-year-old dealing me alcohol. Like, that was crazy. <laughs> no way this kid put Lego in my drink. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, my yeah. life's a bit different than yours. <laughs> <laughs> my life's a lot different from everyone's but that's what makes it interesting is uh, being able to hear everyone's story hmm. 
Um, so you have a tattoo on your right uh, shoulder. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a tattoo. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Is it like some other type of ink? Nah, nah, it's permanent. It's definitely permanent. <laughs> tried wiping <laughs> off in the shower, didn't come Yeah, off. I tried scrubbing it for a while, didn't come off. <laughs> so, how come you got that? Um, yeah, I guess for my 16th birthday, mom and dad said, um, what do you want? And I said, you know, uh, I've been living here since I was nine, and I feel like Cambodia is my home. Australia is also my home, and, um, I want a tattoo. And they were like, yeah, we'll get a tattoo. Uh, what do you want? And I designed it myself. And it's just my bike, me traveling the world. And uh, you got the globe and my bike. And just, yeah, just me traveling the world. When I first saw it, I thought it was a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure most people at school thought I was a jailbird. They're like, how do you have a tattoo? And... <laughs> yeah, who's this? Who's this weird kid from Asia? But yeah. I'm a and criminal. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a massive drug dealer, just like <laughs> gates and reforming my life here. But I mean, if you're a bartender, I guess you were a drug dealer. Technically That's speaking, true. I could have been a drug dealer. <laughs> so living in Australia, was it a, was it a hard adjustment? Or was it pretty easy because you don't have to do as much? Oh, uh, I won't lie. I think it was definitely hard. Like, um, man, even even at school, it's it's weird. It's like um, I was doing school in Cambodia, but um, it's not the same. It's definitely not the same. You have this this like uh, this culture here. You know, I'm still not used to, even though I'm Australian. You have this culture and you have all these different people um and it's still it's still really different like i just couldn't believe there were um popularity tables like i just i couldn't i still couldn't believe some of the things that we have here just like the people too um it's really different it's still really different yeah and it's a lot of perspective changes when you're in a first world country because people are complaining about not being able to get service on their phone, yeah. where in people places like Cambodia, they're complaining because they don't get yeah, any money just, or something. Yeah, all the time, all the time, you've got um, homeless people. Like you can't even drink water there. Um, the poverty. You've got kids on the streets begging for money and scamming the tourists. And um, yeah, it's very different because I grew up. I grew up helping people. I grew up with like a full heart. You know. Um, I was always giving and then coming over here, there's a lot of people here that will, will take from you, you know, and that's it. And, um, I don't know. I felt like I learned that the hard way a couple of times dealing with some of the people, but it is what it is. Yeah. People like the whole shouting food and everything is pretty interesting over here because people are obviously okay with not only buying themselves, just being able to buy themselves a meal, but they can buy other people meals. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed that too. Yeah, I'd be at school and um, it's it's pretty normal to me. If you're my friend and you don't have food, I'm, I'm going to buy you food just because I can. Um, and you still have a lot of, a lot of other people at school just like 
What are those? What are those birds you have here in Australia? Those uh, pin birds or something? Magpies? No, no, uh, the no, bit... uh, oh, iris, the, irises. The iris birds, yeah. <laughs> it's like a bunch of them, I swear. Yeah, it's it's um, kind of funny. In first world countries, the birds act like people that could be in third world countries. Yeah, they kind of yeah. have to scavenge and do all this yeah stuff. There is a lot of that, but it does. It's a pretty nice view over there. I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's like every Sunday we'd um we just take our bikes and go right up to the temples and. Um, look at the sunset or sunrise while you're there and yeah I can't believe I was sick of that at one point and was like I've had enough and I want to come back here because there's none of that there's none of that um that culture you have the the cheap food the cheap transportation the cheap activities the all of that it's all gone yeah there's still um good like nice views like Mount Cravat and stuff like that in Australia but it's oh yeah I went um last night I went up to I didn't even know they had that here but it was what's it called uh Mount Mount Cuthra or something yeah that was actually really nice like I've never seen something like that but over there almost everything is a nice thing to look at yeah I guess yeah I'll I guess maybe the poorer areas are probably not super enlightening, oh, yeah, but yeah. it's still got a lot every, of community in that. Yeah, I guess every country has their um their pros and cons, but Cambodia had a lot of a lot of nice things to look at and a a lot of sense of adventure, I'd say. Yeah. Um, as a bartender, was there any like, oh, there's probably a risk of like crime and stuff being in the bar, but was it very common for like fights or anything to happen? Oh, for sure. <laughs> there were so many times I'd be um I'd be behind the I'd be behind the bar and I'd say I was thirteen, fourteen at the time and it was really busy and I I'd, I'd make a drink for a customer and she'd be drunk as heck and she'd be complaining and screaming at me and me being thirteen or fourteen, I was being so apologetic. I was like, I'm so sorry, like I'll make you another drink. Um and then the other people at the bar are like you are drinking way too much. Like we just saw you order that drink, and now you're saying that you didn't order it. And yeah, she she just lost it. She was like throwing stuff around and um having like a temper tantrum. And there's there's heaps of other stories where there's people walking past the bar and like they have knives and they like try and come in and they're drunk as heck. But to me, that was all just normal. You know, I was that's just normal. They're having. Yeah, I I don't I can't explain it. It was just normal for me though. Mm. Yeah, that's that's why tourists and stuff they always stick to their hotels and the bars in those hotels because they wouldn't be able to do anything in these those situations. They'd probably just be scared. Yeah, you kind of just kick them out and lock the doors, or if you call the police, they'll deal with it. But nine times out of ten, the police were were um pretty corrupt. So yeah. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of action being done, but um apart from police, I remember working, and it was legal, but it also wasn't legal for me to work behind the bar at such a young age. So whenever the police came, I just hide around the back of the bar, 
and one standard left. Um, I just got the running, keep making drinks, because that was Asia. You just be like, hey, you guys want a drink? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, there we go. Cops are gone. What can I get you guys? <laughs> Alright, guys. Uh, cops are gone. Uh, so, uh, what do you want? <laughs> That's exactly how it sounded. So, yes, we... would you speak English or something else? Um, I mean, talking to the other, my other co-workers, I, I talked Khmer, but, um, yeah, it was mainly English, but spoke a lot of Khmer there. Cool. So, you have a pretty nice understanding of that language? Yeah, I can't write it, but, um, man, if you spoke to my sister, she's just so fluent. Like, she's so good at reading it, writing it. Um, understanding it. I just had mainly a basic understanding of the language. Just, um, I could speak it. Um, I could understand it, but I just couldn't write it. I couldn't... Yeah, I couldn't read it. Is, was she quite young when you moved to Cambodia? Yeah, she was, I think, seven. Nice. So, yeah, the majority of my siblings, or all of them, um, can understand the language pretty well, and it's it's kind of just what they know till, till now. Yeah, and they probably had more time to learn it. You'd probably be busy working and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would your mum teach them? Um, yeah, we did homeschool for a while. So we were we were at home. I was still working, and we just do schoolwork. Um, and then I think eventually they wanted us to learn the language, and I really didn't want to do it because I was like, what's the point of learning a language that one country speaks instead of learning French or Spanish or Chinese, like teaching me in school? Um, and I, I really didn't see a point in learning it. But I mean, after living there for eight years and me not wanting to learn it, it just seemed really silly. So just picked it up. Would your friends speak um, English at all? Khmer? Is that what they would mostly speak? Yeah, that's, yeah. I guess, yeah, a lot of my friends were Khmer, so we would speak Khmer to each other, but it was mainly English. A lot of the expat community. Sure. Um, can you kind of, when you're there, I guess maybe the poverty is part of it, but like the effects of the Vietnam War, would they be kind of, you could see that if you're there? Yeah, it was still a massive issue. Um, even today, you have a lot of a lot of people, and especially the older generation, um, that have disabilities, and the younger generation, like um, pregnancies and a lot of uh, deformities and stuff that they go through from the orange. What was it? The napalm. Yeah, the orange napalm and all of the chemicals and stuff that we used, a lot of it is still um, causing disabilities and really bad uh, effects today. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty tragic area for that. But, yeah, it's interesting, like, all... Uh, I guess Jap Japan is still, like, getting through Hiroshima and Nagasaki nuclear bombings and stuff, but because they have a lot more money to share around, they're able to somewhat repair it, the city and improve healthcare and everything. But over there, they just don't have the money to... Or oh, the money is more I corrupt. They have, 
me, but yeah, the, the prime minister over there, he's he's been in power for 30 years <laughs> since the, um, yeah, the regime in 1978 or something, um, the Khmer Rouge war, that, that was the own country um, taking over and asking the US, asking um, Vietnam and Thailand for money, um, for guns, and they killed like 2 million of their own people um, to try and take over and have this, um, like, it was super like communism and all this. Uh, and when that died off, some guy stepped into power and 30 years later, he's sitting there. So yeah, all, all the money is just going into his family's pocket and there's no, there's no trying to help out schools and hospitals and the roads, all of that. It's just straight into his pocket. Yeah. Um, because of that, the the positive side of that is the com- like the community and the sense of belonging is pretty strong because you would have to rely like the only people who are gonna spend money and gain money are the people living there. No one's gonna come in and say, okay, we want to build a school. People are gonna in- that are living there will probably want to do that. Um. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you have a lot of tourists that come in, and you have a lot of other. Uh, foundations that come in and try and help the country out but um, yeah you still have a lot of non-profit organizations in the country that are trying to help out like uh, the orphans there there's there's so many so many schools so many orphans of children that um, either their parents died in the wars um, because you have the Khmer Rouge war and then you still have the Vietnam war so they went through two huge genocides and they're still trying to recover from financial loss, from, like, education. They're still trying to... Just everything, really. Yeah. So, did you ever feel any amount of guilt from living there when you, like, first came there? The amount of guilt? Yeah, because of how they don't... Oh, you feel sorry for them not being quite poor yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it was it was pretty tough because um, I wasn't I wasn't the greatest kid when I was younger um, at school when I was nine um, I was hanging out with a lot of you know kids that they could do anything you know they'd steal they they'd do things to their parents and then moving to such a country where you look up to your elders and you the respect is is such a thing that you should know from a young age um, it really it really put my head on backwards because it changed me. I just saw a different side of life, you know? Um, you have tons of kids that don't have families. You have tons of kids that don't have food. And you were there being a white kid um, with a roof over his head and being able to sleep at night without having to worry about getting stabbed. It was it was really eye-opening. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Over here, it's... The only places where you're gonna be at risk of dying is very obvious areas. Yeah. Not the almost the entire place. Yeah. Like in the city and stuff. If you go to like clubs at the middle of the night, there's probably a chance something bad will happen. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different. But also, there's some. There's quite a lot of similarities though, because there still is obviously poverty in everywhere. Yeah, definitely everywhere. Um, I guess Cambodia just had a lot of 
a lot of trouble coming up from the past two genocides and they're still really far back economically and you know yeah um, in, what do they sell what's what do they trade mostly is it like um rice definitely rice, yeah. rice coal rubber um some minerals and ores but um i guess one of their biggest ones is definitely rice and vegetables and all of that and other stuff Um, I think it is it is good that um, fundraisers do try to do stuff and charities and all that because it it proves that it's um, acknowledged that poverty and all these issues are happening because otherwise it would it really suck if no one would no, no one knew about it because no one if the country probably wouldn't be able to succeed unless the the capital or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the country. Um... It definitely makes its money off the tourism. So, the Angkor Wat Temple, which was brought by the um, Chinese and the Vietnamese, um, that's making billions of dollars, millions of dollars every year just off tourism and visiting the temples and the agriculture and um, all of the tradition and culture that they have in the country. Just the dancing, the food, um, everything there, really. Just the tourism, mm. but yeah, with the with the coronavirus and uh, a lot of the countries collapsing on tourism, um, I think Cambodia is going through a hard time now, trying to adjust on that. Yeah, and they're already in a bit of a hard time to start with, so really yeah. suck for that. Yeah, like people over here are just complaining that they have nothing to do even though they have all this technology and the internet and all this at their disposal but people over mm. there the the ma the biggest amount of income is not coming into the country itself and then people probably don't want to or probably people is probably still trade but be limited yeah yeah really limited yeah it would be really rough they might even just grow rice for themselves yeah, yeah. But um, living over here, do you ever like worry about? Oh, you probably worry about your friends, but do you kind of feel like you'd ever come back there and then you'd see everything's a lot worse? Um, I'd hope not. Um, I reckon it's it's getting a bit better because um, the UN have tried to step in multiple times and trying to take down the longest serving prime minister of uh, Cambodia but um, he, he refuses to and I think the longer he's sitting in that position he's starting to realize that uh, something needs to be done and he needs to start helping out the country and stuff so I mean it's getting a little bit better but for what it is now it's it's not going to get much better with this pandemic happening um, is it Hun Sen is that how you pronounce his name yeah, yeah, Hun Sen. It's such a scary um, topic talking about because even when you're in the country, talking about him on social media or just in general, such a taboo thing because he could put you in prison, uh, he'll get you assassinated or uh, hung up because you're talking bad about him. And Yeah, I guess I'm still a little bit scared just to talk about him because I have so many connections and so many people I know back there and... Um, I'm sure 
for the past eight years, all my documents and records and everything is still back there. So I don't know. As weird as weird as it is, I'm still kind of terrified just talking about him. Yeah, that's the thing. Over there, like you said, you you know your life is possibly at stake if you make fun of him. And over here, people are just making fun of Scott Morrison, and he likes it. He finds it funny sometimes. Yeah, he's he's making he loves the memes about himself, ScoMo and all that. <laughs> it's a big difference. But I think, or well, I'm obviously that he that last name is the only last name I'm ever gonna say because, yeah. But um, yeah, it's important to maintain a privacy when you're talking about stuff like that because it is yeah. somewhat possible that that could happen. Yeah. But you shouldn't, you know, worry too much about it here. Oh yeah, yeah. especially yeah, being in Australia, it. it really it it really yeah it's super small um yeah i just i've known people that have um spoken out about him on social media about his rules or new laws or something and um yeah they'd get thrown in jail for just opposing to him you know that's communism for you yep (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah corona's yeah, it's a very drastic cha- difference between a first world and a third world countries, how it affects them. But I think essentially it's all the same kind of feeling how you're not able to do the stuff that you want to do. Yeah. Um, uh, yep, yeah, you go. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I was also thinking, I guess in Cambodia with the pandemic and stuff, it's not as... It's not as safe and as clean as Australia, so even with these third world countries and this virus going around, um, staying inside and having all this protective gear and these sanitizers and all these cleaning benefits and hospitals and stuff, um, they don't have a lot of that over there, so keeping that under control and trying to stay on top of that would still be pretty difficult. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's really hard for them to do that the charities would probably still give money but they might just give sanitizer and all this cleaning products more than yeah straight cash yeah donate it and stuff yeah because that uh is there a lot of cases over there do you know that um i don't think there's many not sure i think there was one or two cases i think like yeah, one or two cases or something. Uh, yeah, it says confirmed 125, recovered 123. <laughs> so, oh, and, and no deaths. Cambodia? And no deaths, yeah. Wow, that must have been months ago then. Yeah, 124. Yeah, that, well, that's great to hear. If no one's died yet, so that's good. That's pretty good. Um... Another big thing that's been going... So, it seems that every single month, there seems to be something that happens that just causes all this <laughs> widespread fear. It is. Yeah. Um, like, January was the fires in Australia. Yep. World War Three, possibly. And then, <laughs> um, and now the coronavirus. But and then re- you've got... You've got the uprising for the Black Lives Matter for yeah. George Floyd and that whole thing in Minnesota. Yeah, that's all happening. It's crazy. This whole people are year. completely 
they're going like they're going from I don't want to touch anything and no one to thousands of people standing right next to each other. Yeah, in in protests and uproars and stuff like that's in. We still have a pandemic happening, and you've got. They've just got well, face masks on. That's crazy. Um. Yeah, it's pretty. I find I don't want to get too political with it. I guess we already are, but um. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. I kind of feel like the headlines... Or it is true that he was asking for them to stop because he couldn't breathe and they yeah. didn't care. Or they probably cared, but they probably thought he was just going to run away or something like that. Um, but people are kind of disregarding the possi- the reason behind his arrest, which I think it's counterfeiting. I think he used a counterfeit uh yeah. dollar or 20 20 dollar note or something like that yeah i did hear that too um but people are kind of just making it seem like the police came out of nowhere and just arrested them i mean it, what they did was really bad but i think people are just completely ignoring the fact that he committed yeah. a crime he did he did commit a crime for a counterfeit bill but i mean let's be real i mean it it, it happens every day yeah. Like, people are using fake notes, people are using fake um, banks or, you know, fake cards. But, yeah, is it really, like, you're going to put your knee on someone and to arrest them? Like, yeah, and, and he that, literally doesn't have a pulse and he just keeps his leg on him. Yeah, like, if you heard him the first, like, I, I don't know, like, let's just say, let's put it into a situation or a circumstance... Like, you put your knee on him, the first or second time he says he can't breathe, like, just take take it off him, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, he's probably already handcuffed. Like, yeah, I think he was handcuffed and he was on the ground. Once, like, he wasn't even resisting, once he's on the ground, that's it, you know? Yeah, and because it was recorded, that um, was the reason why it became such a big thing. Yeah, social media. unfortunately, stuff like that happens quite a lot in America. Yeah, I yeah, I guess it just um a lot of people don't see it. Yeah. Cuz yeah, it really doesn't make sense why police like are fine with arresting people that commit these massive crimes and then really aggressive to some people. I don't get how that in their minds they're like, "Yep, I'm going to I don't almost kill this guy." Yeah, but I don't think it leads down to racism. I think it leads down to how they're teaching the police and how they're teaching them how to do their job. I don't think they actually care. They're just employing and sending out. Like, I think a lot of it is racism, but I think a lot of people just don't know how to do their job properly and they don't know how to look after people in general. Yeah, there's probably a slight amount of racism in the instructors and then... They kind of tell yeah. them techniques to use and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's it's also a shame because even though that guy did kill him, he's going to have a lot, not only him, but the entire police, de- police department and police as a whole will be yeah. heavily criticised for this. Yeah. But they, are, they do great things sometimes. They save us. 
but it's just these little things that happen that kill a lot of the positive momentum that they try to make. Yeah. The poor guy. Yeah. Yeah, rest in peace. Doesn't look like... Seems that Trump's a bit, you know... I think he might be doing something about it, but I think he's just taking his oh, time. Oh, it's Trump, bro. He'll tell you something stupid, like ingest all chemicals in your body to get rid of corona, like... <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's a bit of a bit of an idiot sometimes, but it's all... It's just how the world goes. Yeah. But I think, regardless of everything bad that happens to do with political leaders and stuff, everyone has definitely learnt from Nazi Germany, because nothing like that has happened again. Which I is... mean, don't jinx yourself. We just had, <laughs> like, six or six or ten different things happen in this year alone. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, no one's... There's no... Well, I guess there's not going to be another Holocaust, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is if everyone keeps protesting and this corona just does a nice sweep. That, What if yeah. one person has it? <laughs> and then just In gets everyone. Protest? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, uh... America would literally be, like, a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> That's a weird thing as well. There's all these games and movies and people are watching movies and all this stuff about like viruses and people are completely okay with it <laughs> yeah like, yeah i know the last of us part two is gonna come out like next month and everyone's That's like the... yep i'm excited I... <laughs> I mean i am excited but you know <laughs> yeah i think it's all there isn't when they die they die I'm pretty sure. I hope. The what? Like when Corona it, kills you, you just die. Yeah, I mean, but have you heard about the people that survive it and the symptoms they get after? It sounds horrible. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the plague, except the plague was such a big um had such a high kill n uh, number was because of how bad health was back then. Yeah, like people so, would just yeah. throw their <laughs> throw poop out in the street. <laughs> so it's like, yep, that's probably why they got it. <laughs> but it's it's really crazy. People will like if you go to f fuel up your bike or something, you'll grab the grab the petrol, stick it in, put it back, do you know, grab whatever food or whatever you want if you go in there, pay pay for the gas and leave. Nowadays, people yeah. are sanitizing it. You wouldn't care at all if you would grab that back then, but now yeah. everyone cares. That's true. Like, have you ever gone to the to a tool and be like, okay, sanitize everything? That is definitely an eye-opener. I never would have thought about just your day-to-day -day life. You don't think twice about what you're touching or what you're doing. Now everyone cares. Maybe. Minnesota probably didn't get the message. Their Wi-Fi probably cut out. <laughs> they probably yeah. didn't get the message. They probably didn't understand that you could couldn't touch anyone. But I guess I don't know. The rules are getting not as strict anymore, which is good. People are things are opening up again. Yeah, I went to the the shops this afternoon, and it felt like coronavirus never really happened. Really. 
Yeah, you just kind of have have to have some common sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we we sanitized and uh, wiped down the trolley and before we used it and after we used it, but yeah, it felt pretty it felt pretty normal. Yeah. Like if they didn't say anything or you you could pop you should probably sanitize something like a um shopping basket or a trolley or something like that because that's used by uh, tons of people. Yeah. But just because there's a name towards something that could be lethal, lethal going around, then they have to do it. Well, yeah, you should probably just do it anyway. Yeah, you should. Uh, working at Macca's is actually not that different, which is funny. We're supposed How to... How is... Because, like, we didn't, we didn't really have... Like, you have fast food jobs in Cambodia, but obviously because I'm white or expat, you know, I, I could never get a job um, there because they were obviously trying to help out the country and try and give people their jobs and stuff. But, like, what is it working in the fast food places in Australia? Like, yeah, working in general, what is it like here? Well, it's... Well, obviously, jobs can get pretty serious, like if you work for the government or something like that. But it's yeah. a lot more casual in certain sense like even though Maccas is really busy sometimes you can still just have fun and a laugh with people there it's yep. just there's a lot of people working at one time there's just more people working in the same spot that's probably the biggest yep. difference yeah and you're not going to go to drive through on the bar or get delivery on the bar yeah so it's it's a lot more packed and but like you could you just have I don't know, would someone go to the bar and deliver you all the drinks and ingredients you need? Or something like that? No. <laughs> no, you'd have to get that yourself? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'd get on the um, motorbike and go to the market and pick up uh, vegetables and drinks and alcohol that I need and bring it back to the bar and put it in the system and, you know, that was it. How frequently would you do that? I mean, uh, I was working for my dad, like I was managing one of the bars we had and every morning I'd check our stock, um, I'd need to buy alcohol, juices for the cocktails, I need to buy some food, um, yeah, you go down to the market, you buy all that, you bring it back, uh, and just tally that up, you know, that was that for the day, separate the money for what you need and that was it. Yeah, well you did like, you do quite a lot of stuff for one bar yeah where for yeah, me working at Macca's I do one job yeah yeah so it's I do the fry mostly I got a badge for it yesterday yeah <laughs> 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 but yeah. um <laughs> yeah but like every almost every single Saturday I think or every two Saturdays every second Saturday sorry a massive truck comes in with so much boxes of Boxes for just the burgers or boxes with the ingredients in. And there's a whole... Peop there's like five people dedicated to truck, which is just off offloading all of it. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't imagine that because it's, it's Macca's, you know, it's a food chain. It has like retailers and you'd have these big trucks come in and dropping off all the food and stuff they need. Yeah, and like one person could own a lot of bars, but you don't really have a like a big company that manages smaller ones where Macca's oh, there's so many big companies yeah yeah that's true because there's the store managers and then 
the city, ma uh, like the state managers and the regional managers, and then there's the international ones, and then it's like keeps just going up and up and up, and all yeah. these just for one place. Yeah. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. Would you have twenty four hour service when you're uh, working at a bar? No, there's no twenty four hour. I think it was just you have eight to ten hour days, really. Okay. Um, I mean, you have some mini marts and some other places, obviously that work twenty four seven, but no, nah, not really. Not the bars. Um, yeah. Yeah, over here recently, Macca's, at least for my place, um, changed to twenty four hours, and oh yeah, yeah um, and it's really cool because people are able to get more hours and more money's able to get through. Yeah. But the th the really bad thing about having twenty four hours is the um, uh, what is it the oh no oh, I lost the word. <laughs> Like, uh, repairing things, you know? Like, keeping stuff fixed and all that stuff yeah, is really true, bad. Yeah. yeah, it would be. Like, the electrical work, if it's on 24-7. Yeah, like, there's been a button where I'm supposed to just put nuggets in that hasn't worked for, like, the past four months. Wait, 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 wait. A button that you put nuggets in? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll probably... I should explain it. <laughs> My bad. That was so out of context. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. About that. Yeah, um... But so you you work at a fry, which is separate to the grill and where everyone makes their burgers. Yeah. So there's three spots. And um, you open your fridge, grab a bag of nuggets or mick chicken or crispy or filet of fish, apple pies, whatever you want to put in the, in the fry. You open a bag of nuggets, for example, pour it all into a tray, put it into the deep fry and put a timer on it. So literally you don't have to worry about how long it's cooking. Yeah. And then when it's done, you slap all the oil out of it, dun, dun, dun. and then yep. you um, put it in a tray, and then you take it to this thing called a UHC. Don't know what that stands for, but that's okay. <laughs> and then you slide yep. the tray in, and then you'd press a timer, so then the brighter the timer is, that's how the people making the burgers or the nugget boxes would yep. know which no. one to use. Yeah. So if that has been, one of those has just been blank for four months. Wow. But they're like, still put nuggets in it. They're like, yeah, still use it. I'm like, yeah. can you change it? And it's like, oh, no, sorry, they're like $30,000. We what? can't change it. It's mad, I'm sure. But I mean, yeah, if it's one but, store. But if just... you look at it, it looks an old. It looks like maybe $10,000, not thirty. <laughs> Only $10,000. Well, if you think about it, that's, it's Macca's still. But, well, um, yeah, that's what I mean. It's still Macca's, but... It does not look like it would work, be worth that much. Yeah. Because all it is is heated platforms in a row, five rows, and a timer yeah. timer system. That's all it is. So I yeah. don't think it would be worth that much. Oh, the grills are like th 300000 That's stupid. Yeah, style. the grills would be ridiculously expensive. Yeah. But, see, working at Macca's is pretty fun, you know. it's a, It is, like the first job you'd have if you're planning on getting one. Well, your yeah. job's a bit more interesting and they didn't have fast food and stuff like that. But like, in first world countries, fast food seems to be the best early, young, the best early job you could get. And I live right across the road from one of them, so that's cool. Yeah. I guess one of the things that I definitely missed in Cambodia, like a lot of people are like, oh, 
it's Macca's. You won't miss it. It's not that big, but we didn't we didn't have Seven Eleven. We didn't have McDonald's. Um, we didn't have a lot of these first country like these big food chains in Cambodia. Like, yes, but um, everything is a bit more humbly made, I guess. A bit more. Yeah, authentic and. Yeah. Um, we had some fast food places, but they were they were horrible, just disgusting. Yeah, sure. Like in Macca's, it's a good place. You, you know, like I said, you built have some friends and stuff like that. But um, everyone's taller than me. No, <laughs> but um, I'm going wrong with Dan. Dan man. No, you know, it's all part of it. Um, but you you cook a lot of stuff. That is true. Yeah. You cook so much stuff in an hour. I made like. 50 bags of nuggets when I worked yesterday because Fridays are really hectic on that. But anyway, nuggets. Yeah, I'm a hard worker. But um, <laughs> but you don't learn anything about cooking. You don't. You can. Yeah. The only thing you learn is what it looks like when a meat patty is completely frozen and raw, and what it might look like when it's finished cooking. Because uh, I, f- I don't know how they do it at Hungry Jack's. It might be a bit more authentic. But you put it down on the grill, p- grill, press a t- pick the timer for what type of meat it is, press a button, and it lowers this thing that squeezes the meat and cooks both sides. So you never wow. see the meat. So you so basically don't know how to do it. Time. Sorry. What's up? Oh, I see what I said. Everything's just timed in in these fast food places. Yeah, basically everything. Even making uh, the burgers is timed on how fast you do it. That's crazy. Everything's just automatic. Yeah, you just have to start and then finish the process. Yeah. You don't have to do anything in between. So obviously I'd know what a good meat would taste or should look like when I'm cooking it at home. But yeah. over there, I won't ever know what it's like because um you know you flip it you don't you don't flip it at all you don't lift up the nuggets to see how they look if they're golden or not or anything like that you just wait till it goes beep 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 and then you and then and then you maybe shake onion on it or just put it in a tray and take it to somewhere yeah crazy i mean in cambodia we um i was working in restaurants and bars and stuff so I got to learn, and I was cooking for a while, um, and that was that was pretty fun. But man, being like a chef or some or just a cook was so stressful, and there was so much work. Just all these different meals that you had to cook from the menu was super stressful. The different ingredients and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was learning like fried rice. You've got like fried noodles. You've got like other authentic and meals that go into Cambodia like lock lack and a mock and um like fried ants and beef, you know, just other other fried ants. We- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you get the fried red ants uh with beef and it has like onion and capsicum and some pepper and it's actually really good though. Yeah. Wow. Didn't know they did that. Nah, they have a lot of things. Yeah, that yeah, that's the thing. I'd never think of anywhere to have fried ants, but over there, it's probably yeah, nice I've, to eat. I've eaten like crocodile. I've eaten um, mice. I've eaten frog. I've eaten um, 
spiders, like tarantula spiders. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, anything really in Asia is food, so. Yeah, that's the thing about animal, like animals like that. You, there's the animals, like in Western society, cow, sheep, chicken, we're completely fine with eating it, do whatever yeah. we want with it, cook it in all these different ways, all these ways to cook it and how you eat it, what's salt, all this darn stuff. And then um, then there's the things that you think, oh, that's weird to eat, like whatever heart. Why is that weird though? Why is other animals different to these animals? What makes them different? Like Yeah, exactly. No, not much. How, yeah. how can you factory... Um, produce all these different animals like cows, chickens, and pigs, you know. But then why is it weird to not eat um, these other animals? Like, Yeah, like, people kind of make jokes and criticize China for eating dogs and cats, I suppose. Or something like that. Like, pet animals are always looked down on for eating. But, oh, there could be a slight different taste between dog and a cow, but there's... If you look at it in a primal perspective, there's no difference between a cow and a dog. It's all meat yeah. that you need to survive. Exactly. But like, well, I'm not going to kill my dog and like see how she looks, see how she, see how she tastes. Oh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's still... I feel like the, uh, <laughs> they're going to be contacting you after this. Yeah, my dog's going to be like, "What the hell, man?" And the man eating me? What? <laughs> Make some chicken nuggets. What? <laughs> chicken nuggets. Is it chicken? Uh, I don't know. But um, um yeah, it well Macca's is very chicken based. Oh, it does have yeah. a lot of meat, but it's that, mostly chicken based. You work at Macca's and what was that whole thing they had with the purple what was it, the pink slime or something with the chicken nuggets or the fake meat that they use or these other accusations that people are throwing at McDonald's? Uh I'm not exactly aware of that, but they have ve they have a veggie burger, like how Hungry Jack's has a veggie whopper. Yeah. We have a veggie burger, but it goes into the fryer, which has previously had chicken in it. Oh. So if you think it is prob it's I one of them broke apart once. It's got a bunch of corn and stuff. It looks disgusting. But anyway, I'm not a vegetarian, so whatever. But it does technically still have meat on it. Plus, they have to make so many of them that they don't want to yeah. have it. Why don't they just have a separate grill with different oil? Oh, that would cost a lot, you know? So, Because yeah, they have a wow. separate section for fish that then meat, which is, like, um, very important. Like, you don't want to get food poisoning or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's very crucial. But for a veggie and meat, it doesn't seem to be much difference. But yeah. they have a special tray for it. They have a tray with a blue tag on it, and that you have to use it for veggie. Otherwise, you won't. You can't use it with anything else, and it's weird. It doesn't. That's strange. Yeah. But yeah, I have to like doing fry is the easiest kitchen back area kitchen job. But if you think about it, you have to make so much of the food that's used in the burgers that. Your role is still really big, so it's a weird scale. Yeah. Respect, definitely. It's just for um for people that are working in the retail industry, respect for anyone that is. You know what it's like cleaning up after other people. 
um, the repetitive cooking or um, making of the dishes. Like, oh man, I remember sometimes I'd be bartending and just making the same cocktail over and over, no matter how amazing and how good it looks. It just got so boring sometimes. Like, yeah, for someone to have passion, especially chefs and what they do, it's a lot of respect. Yeah, a lot of dedication as well. Yeah. Like, even just to learn how to do stuff. Yeah. Um, um, so, I only do kitchen. I don't do anything else. But the people who do the front counter and drive through and all that, they have their jobs, honestly, are probably harder. They do yeah. rely on us to give them the food, but they have to make sure they're putting all the food in the right bag, got all the drinks right, the coffee's also, right. You're also dealing with all those, like, I mean, dickheads. Or that just, just people. Yeah. Drive through. And yeah, like. Yeah, it's, um, I probably, it, I feel like they have a harder job, but not to be sexist or anything like there's definitely men and women in both sections but it seems that women are more for the front counter yeah subjected to oh well that was a different issue that i saw what was that i don't know i feel like a lot of the women at the front counters especially in fast food restaurants are like subjected to um harassment yeah just harassment and the disrespect and yeah i think i think everyone is it's just you'll they give you a choice what do you want to be in so people are obviously like yes i would like to do this it just so happens to be that most of it's ma- uh, females yeah but um i think everyone gets her like slightly harassed it's just uh the reaction that the person has from being harassed is just possibly a little bit more with females yep because you know the getting yelled at but a bunch of older men that didn't get their food right yeah it's pretty pretty scary yeah it is anyone taller than you that's yelling at you is probably pretty scary it is I'm which sure is you every are. single person <laughs> <laughs> every single person. every single person a baby bro I'm scared I'm sorry I'll give you back whatever you want man you want some don't cash don't do it <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you just have to stand your ground, because yeah. you made a mistake, but they always say, you don't say sorry, just say, oh, this is not working, can we suggest this, or, um, yeah, like, we'll just go, we'll take your order again and give it to you maybe for free or something like that. Yeah, because I feel like that's lowering your yourself for them when it's not really your fault. I mean, some of the time, you know, most of the time. Yeah, and the person reacting and harassing others, that they're also... It's mostly their fault, because, like, my, my dad got the wrong coffee, and all he did was drink half of it and not really like it too much. It was too much for him, and then he just got a free one. He's like, oh, thank you. You know, it's all respectful. Yeah. Nothing bad happened. But then some people, for no reason, just flip out. Yeah. Like they're going to yeah. have to pay double to get it again or something. No, you, you'll probably get it for free. Yeah, it is... It is um. It is crazy. It's like even though uh, we work in this type of environment, I mean, even when I was at the grocery store today, I don't know what it was, but we had a whole trolley full of stuff. And there's just this, like, this girl. She probably looks like she's the same age as me. Looks like she's starting out at Coles. 
and I'm just packing, I'm packing the conveyor belt full of stuff. And I'm just looking at her stressing out, like trying to quickly go beep, beep. You know, I just felt horrible though, but I'm like, it is her job. Like, yeah, that's where small talk comes in. Because yeah. you can't do that with Maccas because they have to take orders all the time. But places at Coles where it's a very one-on-one yeah. um, situation, you kind of want to just make sure, like, you're okay. You're not... Because str- they're probably more stressed about you being stressed. Yeah, like, so, they're yeah. like, oh, what are they thinking? They, like, they're not talking. Yeah, you kind of... if Or you don't have to always establish that you're a nice person, but sometimes you might... That might be a yeah. better thing to do. It is, yeah, a bit more comfortable when there's something going on. Yeah, because if you can make them smile, then they'll feel better. Yeah. Because then they'll feel, oh, wow, I can do this. I'm capable of doing something like that, and then they'll be better off. Yeah, yeah they're just enjoying their job more, you know. They've got something to do. Yeah. Well, it's 420. Nice. <laughs> 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 Wait, um, let me give a call. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's pretty, I think, no, wait. So, what do you like to do, Kurt? What's your hobbies? My hobbies? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could ask my past self in Cambodia, or you could ask myself here in Australia, because... Right now. It definitely changed. Uh, uh, yeah, I think just right now. Yeah, right now, I guess, um, I took up basketball. Basketball was a huge thing in Australia. Like, no one in Cambodia played basketball. It was all volleyball, soccer, like, mm. and maybe cricket. That's it. Um, basketball is pretty fun. Um, I do that. Um, go out for rides. Um, I like going out with my friends into the city a lot. Um... I don't know, fishing. Fishing's pretty fun. I used to do that when I was younger. In Australia, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, when you play basketball, you just play it for fun, don't you? Yeah, I guess. Like, you don't play for a club or anything? Nah. That would be nice. <laughs> See, in Cambodia, no, people would play soccer, or third world countries in general, like Brazil as well. People who live mm-hmm. in the poorer areas want to be... Um, very good at a sport because that way they might have a chance to get out of there yeah that is that is true a lot of i mean i feel like actually all of the people back there play competitively yeah it's a a shame they have to but yeah it is something they can do to you know instead of sitting at home no technology and no electricity they have something out there that they can be doing they can be um training and practicing so hopefully one day they can take their family from a little a little house to hopefully a mansion good on you Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I I don't really play much sport I've been watching this volleyball anime called Haikyuu um, so that's kind of got me slightly hyped possibly to play volleyball but I don't know if I'd be good at it I remember when I played yeah. social sports I was good at serving they could never hit it when I served and it's an, cool. under, an underarm serve as well, so that's cool. <laughs> underarm? Yeah. I have to see that. That does sound impressive. Oh, it's actually... Well, the heart... So it's underarm and then overarm and then jumping. That's the difficulty. Oh, okay. 
So I was doing the easiest one, but they were just like, no, nah, I'm not going to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I mean, I'm good at um, Marin's Hunnica London 2012 Olympic Games volleyball, but, you know, apart from that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was good at Wii Sports, but that's a whole <laughs> different thing. No, nah, I think it's quite realistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really play much sport, but I think it's a really cool concept. Just kicking a bunch of balls around and people are happy about that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because if you saw my podcast when I was just talking about myself, I like doing playing video games and doing voice impersonations. Yeah. Can't even say uh, the word. I can... <clears throat> I can do I can do a lot of accents, mm. and I think I can do one voice impression, which is Elmo. Yeah, oh, yeah, you've done. Believe that. it or not, bro, Elmo. Let's hear it. Oh, you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I gotta go back to my squeaker self. <laughs> All right. Oh, I don't want to mess this up. First try. That's right. All right. Hey, everybody! It's time for Elmo. Oh. Jeez. Yeah, you try and explain that to me. <laughs> Elmo. Oh no, I don't even know. You you've got I that am... you got that lock to your voice. Yeah, like you could I probably don't know keep it's... you could probably keep speaking forever. I don't know what it is. I don't know how. Yeah, I could do a Elmo voice. Yes. Just the deepest cookie. man does the highest voice. Cookie Monster wants more cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mostly do voices that are, like, either from memes or games or something like that. Yeah. Or, Joel from Family Guy. Or Kronk. Oh, you're kidding. That's so good. Because he does the same voice for every impersonation. He does the same... No, I can't even do it. Yeah, Cooper tries to do it, too. It's really funny. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joel, Peter. Hey, Quagmire here. <laughs> hey, Quagmire. <laughs> hey, Peter. Want to go to Club 227? Yo, my God. That took me a while to do that one. I can, like, I can hear it in my head. I just can't do it. Like, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> probably, my, some of my voices probably sound really bad <laughs> coming nah. out, but to me, I'm like, wow. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, the first voice I really put a lot of effort in was uh, Mickey Mouse, but that Mickey was back Mouse. when I was like in year five, when I could do that really easily. <laughs> <laughs> now I need a lot of water. I want yeah. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Oh, how do you do that? This is crazy. It's, it's hey. fascinating. That is, that is really cool to have that. Yeah, um, do you know... The Beatles? Yes. You know John Lennon. Have you heard him just speak normally? No. Oh, well, he uh, sounds a little bit like this. You know, just really? um, a bit of a British accent, but he's from Liverpool, so he sounds a bit I like mean, this. He sounds real bubbly. He sounds like he's, like, a little bit of, like, static water. Yeah. He's got a long nose. <laughs> 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 but I said in my podcast when I was explaining how fascinating voices are, to do to John, John Lennon. Lennon. What's up? You sent it to John Lennon. No, he's dead. Um, he got assassinated no, I... in 1970. Uh, 1980, sorry. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, yeah, sent it to heaven. Like, God, let him have a look. All right. But um, you do a nerd voice. Uh, yes, I'm uh, kind of 
just talking like this, uh, but ebb equals MC yeah. squared. So you sound like you're underwater. Yeah, like I have a blocked nose as well. And then I just add British to it, and then I get something like this. Yes. That's pretty good. I think I can just stitch. Oh, yeah. Well, that's very similar to Elmo. So, yeah, it's clever how you can just branch yeah, it, off. It is pretty weird how that works. Like, when um, when it's very similar in, like, the tone or the, the pitch that your voice uses, you can, like, other ones, you can just, it just works. Yeah, it can meld to it. It's the ephemery. It's a stitch ephemery. That's, that's really good. Yeah, like, um, I always forget what voices I can do. Man, you don't even have to. I'm pretty sure you have like a hundred lined up. Raggy, Ruby Shack. That's you can do Scooby too. Rush Raggy, Scooby Doo. Oh, um, you have to make all like the letters R, so Raggy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but some voices I try, like, the first time I ever try it, and somehow I get quite close. Like, the, this is probably my fourth time doing, you know, the commentator from, uh, Total Drama Island? Yeah. Alright, campers, before we get started, we gotta have to go over some basic rules. Damn. Like, that's, some, that's, I haven't tried that many times, I just get it. Oh, I don't know how close I am, I think it's pretty close. I don't watch the show. <laughs> hey, Peter. <laughs> hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Yeah, Joel. Hey, Peter. Hey, Lois. Hey, Peter. <laughs> Damn, it's so hard. It's so impressive. Yeah, so I... When I was trying to explain it to Cooper how I actually do the voice, I, um... I, uh... Speak with the bottom right of my throat. Like the this. bottom right of your throat. Like this. Yeah, see, that's kind of close. I but mean, you have to get you get you have to understand how he speaks, like yeah. how like the speed and the tone before you can try to make it sound like it. Hey, Peter! Oh man, it's really yeah. It really does help when you move your mouth too, like the way certain. Yeah, like the Emperor from Star Wars, in the movies, he actually moves his mouth a lot and really articulates, and that's how you actually do the voice. Like, do it. Channel your anger. Strike me it's down. Like, like SpongeBob, you know, um, he, he like he moves his hand though, but he has a scar on his neck from all the all the moving that he does on his voice yeah. with his. Hey, Patrick. Like, I can't really do SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to know what it sounds like from outside my room. Oh, that's a... <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hey. It was like Squidward's like, <laughs> SpongeBob. SpongeBob. <laughs> this is not. No, it's Patrick. It's Patrick. Er, SpongeBob. This is my first dollar. These are me monies, SpongeBob. Oh, that's, that's good. My buddy. These are all of me money's money. <laughs> are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> no, SpongeBob, I need all of me money's. <laughs> um, like, Snake, well, some characters, like, change throughout, like, I don't know, the seasons of the games. 
Yeah. So you could some of them are easier than others. Like Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid is harder to do in the earlier games because he's not as old, so his rasp is less. But so it's like Metal Gear, and then the later games is like Metal <laughs> Metal Gear. What? What was that? What? Mm. Am I smoking? <laughs> <laughs> We did smoke cigars for like forty years. So yeah. <laughs> that is a thing, though. You have a lot of these um, child child voice actors, um, and they like they're going through puberty, so their voice their voice changes. Yeah, um, like the actor for Ben Ten, I think it's the same. Really, most of the main series, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of the TV shows, once they get to that voice, that 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 point, um, they try and get someone else in that has a lower a lower tone, a lower pitch that has the same as what they were already doing. Yeah. Or just trying to match the same age as they were when they were younger and it doesn't yeah. end up sounding right. Yeah. But... I think my... Oh, my favourite voice is Stephen Hawking. I'm Stephen <laughs> Don't Hawking. Don't tell me you can do Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Stephen Universe. <laughs> It's so robotic. It's like you like stretch it out. It's like, yeah, it's all it. inhale. Even though, even though, to get my uh, satisfaction. And to do Spooderman, it's like, I'm Spooderman. <laughs> oh, wow. I actually need water. My voice is like. Yeah. <laughs> you always <laughs> need to drink a lot of water when you do it. <laughs> yeah, wow. But some voices you don't need to, like Joe. That's why I think he's... Stephen Hawking's my best, but I think Joe's my favourite, because I can just do it forever. I can yeah. just do it forever. I don't even care. Do it forever, Peter. It's Because uh, I could be Kronk, or be Joe. I'm, I'm going to come back to school on Monday, and I'm just going to be like, So, Danny, how you doing? <laughs> he's going to have a full it. conversation. <laughs> Um, and my vo I can kind of make my voice crack, and that's what kind of Joe does. Hey, Peter! Uh, that wasn't then, but like... Oh, no, you know the Joe Mama guy? YouTube channel? Yeah. He sounds you a lot like Joe. It's like, your mama's so fat! <laughs> so then my voice cracks when I did that, so that's what I that's want. Good. That's really good. But then when I do my Winnie the Pooh voice, I don't want my voice to crack, but it does sometimes. I'm uh, Winnie the Pooh, and uh, if my voice, see, my voice cracks and it sounds like I'm a weirdo. Oh, you know what you can do? You can do uh, Herbert the Pervert. <laughs> Duh, yes. I know you can do it, Dad. Hey, uh, come over here. You over here? <laughs> I haven't heard enough of his voice, I need to have a look at that. But yeah, it's pretty close. Um, but if you don't see, if you can't physically see Winnie the Pooh talking, he sounds like a weirdo. <laughs> he sounds like craziest man. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Robin. But then my voice cracks and I hate it. Emma wants to play. Or like a demon voice. Mm, Doomslayer. <laughs> but I want to be an anime voice actor. Or video game and, voice actor. Oh, for sure. You can definitely go into that. I won't stop! Shall I reach victory? 
<laughs> Victory screech. Fuck. Uh. Oh man, <laughs> we've been going for an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, we have. I don't even know how we got onto voices, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, I think I was thinking I might have a section in the podcast where I would try to like do voice. I just have a vo- whole voice section. Mm. You should make your own soundboard. <laughs> I could just do that myself. <laughs> you should. It'll be mad as heck. Don't even need a soundboard. I press the button, but I make it sound like it's a soundboard, but it's just me speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah 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 yeah. Peter. Peter. Oh, I want to do it so bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard to do. It takes a lot of figuring out. So see how I kind of dr- like drain at the end. Yeah, it that's, sounds like you're yawning. Yeah, like. yeah, that's a big part of um Joe's voice. Peter, like you just got to yawn. Yeah, see, Kronk's di- uh, Kronk's is different, even though it's the same voice. The way mm. he speaks is different. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Whatever I do, like and I can do that weird meme that I don't want to really recite. <laughs> um. Misa. Bruh. Jar Jar Binks. Settle down. Settle down. I I can uh, I can sound really high pitched. No. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, Elmo, Elmo's one. You think you but can do like, that? He says I can sound like really here, like I can talk like, like so really weird, you know, like, <laughs> like what the fuck? You know what, like, how, how do you explain that? That's really weird. It's, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I can, if it. I whenever I listen to a song and I want to sing to it, I always, or well, sometimes I sing like with my normal voice, but I try to make it sound like I'm singing like the person. Oh, yep. So like, I want to dance with somebody. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is that is pretty good though, because like you're practicing the different tones yeah. and like frequencies in the song with that voice. I mean, you just get better though with practice. Yeah, like um, Frank Sinatra. He's got a very nice voice. Don't um, tell me you can do Frank Sinatra. I mean, I don't really know what he sounds like normally when he's just speaking, but like... Um, he sounds like New York, like... I could do a New York accent, you know, but uh, I just gotta know what he exactly sounds like. A little bit of Brooklyn, like... Well, the weather outside is frightful. Something like that. Yeah. It's cool. It's neat. It's neat, but I don't want to sing like that in public. I mean, who knows? You, you, you'll probably make a fortune. Be like... My voice will crack halfway through it. No smoking. Okay. See ya. <laughs> Peace. Nah, but yeah, when did, when did you start getting into voices? Oh, probably like year nine or something. I, I've always done like weird noises or something but it just clicked that I was actually 
put effort into learning how to do a voice. It's really cool. And yeah, yeah. It took me about a uh, it probably took me maybe five weeks to do the Joe voice. Wow. Five weeks. I think I needed to hit puberty just enough more than <laughs> I when I started. Because a guy was doing it, but he was he kind of had the the deep voice, but he didn't know how to do the rest. When I kind of can do everything that's part of it, make it sound like I'm out of breath half the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because he he talks really loud and then gets really soft. Yeah, he does. He's a weird man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what are some other voices I can do? Uh... Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Ah, uh, Kermit the... Kermit the Frog here. Kermit the Frog... Oh, man. <laughs> Sounds like Kermit's being choked. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit... Oh, how do you, like... It's Kermit, like... Kermit the Frog. I put a lot oh. of strain on my neck. On your neck? Yeah. Oh, not like with my hand, like with my muscles. Yeah. Kermit the, Kermit the Frog. I am Miss Piggy. <laughs> this is the best I've done it. Wow. Oh, yuck. Goofy. Yuck. 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 Hey, Morty. Morty, you got to do this, Morty, and uh, whatever, Morty. Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh, gee, Rick. Morty, I don't really, I don't really care what you're doing, Morty. Shut up, Morty. Sounds, you just gotta take a poop every time you do the Rick voice. Yep. That's basically yep. it. Well, I mean, we've had enough fun. Talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huda was a great guest and also, you know, proves that it can happen. Yeah, it was a good talk by someone that's, you know, got a lot of, has kind of already lived a whole, almost a whole life, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, yeah. Because I think Huda moved to Australia when she was very young, not the opposite. I haven't heard much of the opposite, moving yep. to somewhere else when they're somewhat young. So that's interesting. Yep. I've lived yeah. in the same house for my whole life, as well as my family almost. Lived there for like <laughs> 20 years, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was quite quite the transition going from Australia at nine to Southeast Asia at sixteen, and then moving back to Australia uh, last year in December. So, yeah, quite the transition. Just because my birthday's in that month. Oh, thanks, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, came my birthday present. <laughs> Don't even know you. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, thank, thanks so much for um, having me on. Oh, pretty good. Thanks for being on. He's great. Oh, good. Alright. Anyway, guys, uh, sorry for having to wait like a whole week. I'm sure you guys are so excited, which is only one person. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, there's a couple of people. But, um, yeah, so this is episode four, not uh, five, like I said it was. Four and I mean, um, what's up? Yeah, thanks guys for watching. And um, you just want the podcast now? I'll give you the rights. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, 
Amir has yeah. to have all the money though. It's in the agreement. I just yeah. don't get any money anyway, so that's a bit of a loophole. <laughs> well, no, it's good to um. No, it's just it for fun. We have this 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 uh this platform and this kind of thing, and hopefully it'll it'll take off. But yeah, it gives me a chance to just talk to people about whatever. Like I may yeah, not have a conversation like this for you with you for either a while or maybe not much. So it's just how the lives we live, I suppose. Yeah. We're just all making jokes, having fun. Yeah. Hey Peter. Yeah. Hey Peter. <laughs> you want to go to bed, bro? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey Peter. Uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening, uh, and um, I've got to think of, ti- for, think of a title for this. I'm sure I'll think of it. Think of it. All right. Mm. See you guys. Have fun. Bye.